Hello, it's Old New Borough 2, the meandering biography podcast hosted by two scoffing Joshes. Hello and welcome to our first episode of the new year. Ooh. Yeah, first one of the new year. First one of eight weeks, six weeks, ten weeks. How long has it been, Josh? It's Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. We missed, um, yeah, we, you know, Christmas. Christmas happened and everyone was everywhere and traffic was bad. <laughs> yeah. Christmas and New Year um, disrupted a lot of plans. It was almost as bad as a 2017 Icelandic volcano. What's that 2017? What a strange reference that was. Um, the Icelandic vo- that was like that was way way ago. That was like 2010. Wasn't that long ago, was it? Yeah. God, my age. I, I got to be honest. This <laughs> researching this week has uh, made me feel a lot older, <laughs> um, which is not great. Um, but yeah, we're back. Um, on a Tuesday, you'll notice, admittedly, to this week it's probably about 10 o'clock we're going up. Um, mm. But normally, that's what we'll be doing. We're coming out on a Tuesday instead, um, just to give us a little more time. Um, we have... Actually, what should, we should do, we should introduce ourselves, explain what this podcast is, and then explain how we're changing things. Do you think that works for you, Josh? Yeah, that works for me. Yeah, good. Brilliant. All right, so, <laughs> hello, um, I'm Josh Hutin. I am the host that is Team Edwards. Oh, oh you <laughs> bastard. Oh, I'm Josh Jones, and I'm the host that is Team Jacob. Wait. Oh, well, lucky boy you are. I was <laughs> going to say, I am I am the uh, host that holds on like a spider monkey, but I thought you were going to get another <laughs> quote in there. I was hoping you were going to I am the Josh with the skin of a, dead, the glisten, of a murderer. Sparkle. Of a murderer. That's <laughs> Um, yes. So, uh, do you want to explain what we do here, Josh? Um, so we, uh, we each two weeks, we look at someone who has got a new venture, uh, generally an actor or actress, and we take a look back on their life and we highlight four films that they have done or four past projects, um, that we go into a little more depth about, give our thoughts and opinions on, um, and that's, yeah, that's the new system, isn't it? That is, yeah. So um, we are doing an episode every two weeks, um, which is not changing. Um, it's being on a Tuesday, which is changing. Um, uh, but we're not doing the new film in the episode now. Um, yes. What we're going to so do... We're cutting down on your sweet, sweet listening time. Yeah, we've um, had some feedback. Uh, people seem to be interested in the life of the person, their old projects, that sort of thing. Um, and they enjoy reading the reviews that we've been putting up there sporadically. Um, <laughs> so what we've decided to do is that we are going to do the four films in the body of the podcast. Then on the Thursday following, we will do the written review of that film, trying to keep away all spoilers because this is a new film. And then on the Saturday, we will be putting out something which is like a, oh, have we rated this correctly? Which is their best film? What have we missed? What shouldn't we talk about on our social medias? Just try and get a bit more involvement. Yeah, so that you guys can join in at home. <laughs> yes, yeah, to be pushed the red button now. You yeah, can play it on. <laughs> um, but obviously, it, we're coming up to Oscar season as well, so what I'm going to do is on the on the Saturday and the weeks and the other three days that nothing's going to be coming out on, 
I will be putting out reviews of the other Oscar films that are upcoming as well. So we'll have our own opinions of what we think of the Oscar films, even though in my mind they've chosen the wrong shortlist. But that's me. (laughs) I think there are films that should have been in there that weren't included in general. Yes. I, well, I, I did tweet out about it. Actually, I think they snubbed A twenty four as a production company entirely, um, missing out all of their brilliant films this year. Um, yeah. Well, there we go. So that's that's our podcast. As you can see, we're the the movie lovers, film lovers. Yeah, film lovers, movie lovers, visual media lovers. So normally we do a guess who at the end of each episode, but we haven't done it this week. Um, because obviously we had a four week, we missed two episodes essentially. So we did do this person's, um, we did. Is there anything you would do? It's a guess who for this one, just a quick build up for it. I mean, if you're listening to this episode, you see the name of the person in the title. So it's not much. Um, I, I will, will be filming this one at twilight. (laughs) You nailed that. You nailed that. Yeah. You'll be working till twilight on this episode. Would have been yes. Better. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I'm just not an ultra American. Is that the one you went for? And I, I oh. a strange <laughs> choice of film you went for there. Um, yeah, this week we are doing Kristen Stewart's Kings Stew, um, and I have the woman of a thousand faces minus nine hundred ninety-nine. The reason I did the opening with scoffing, I watched all of the films with subtitles on, and the word scoff comes up an awful lot. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, because she's... She, goes, uh, uh, she does. She's... All the time. <laughs> I saw a brilliant um, Anna Kendrick doing an impression of Kristen Stewart on, I think it was Conan. Oh my God, it was absolutely perfect. It was the hair touching, the just, I just don't... I don't know, like, but maybe... I'm so, unco- I'm so uncomfortable <laughs> in my own body, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good one to do. It's just, you just don't have to act for it, isn't it? But anyway, that's what we'll be discussing in more depth. Um, so yeah, Kristen Stewart. Uh, I suppose we'll stick a jingle in here. <laughs> Me pointing in the air. For the beginning of it. Um, <laughs> who's... So what do you know about Kristen Stewart before we jump into things, Josh? Oh, sweet F.A., Josh. You know nothing at all? Um, She went out with dear old Robert Pattinson for a while. Yeah, Mr. R. Pat, the Pattinson himself. Um, She's... I don't... <laughs> I don't like You're doing her. a wonderful impression of her right now. I'm trying to think of who. <laughs> I don't... I, don't I, I really... If I find it hard to watch her, which is... Which has made this an interesting couple of weeks. <laughs> oh yeah, this is. I got to be honest. I chose Kristen Stewart one because I think we need to do more females on the podcast, just because I think we need a bit better representation. Because we're this not. True. Well, I say that we've done three women. I think out of the last, yeah, out of the last six, I think three have been women. And this we're, is the full three. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty pretty good. Um, but yeah, we're just trying to mix up, and also because it's someone who I don't think people really give much value to. So it's just trying to see if we actually think maybe there's something there that we, we haven't been looking yeah, at. Are they missing anything? Yeah. So should we jump in? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, okay. I've, I've put some film titles in this so you can, so we have our almost guess who at the beginning of it. Okay. If you can see how many there are, that'd be great. If you can guess how many 
I've put in here. That'd be wonderful. So, ready? So, yeah. let's take a jumper underwater to submerge ourselves in what is hopefully not the twilight of her career and catch that kid. So, we, sh- so we should run away from the anesthesia of this certain woman and focus on her acting. Nice. There we go. That, was, that, uh... That's all I put in there for puns. Well, about yeah. uh, films. How many did you get? Uh, uh, underwater? <laughs> There were seven in there. I got Jumper, Underwater, Twilight, Catch That Kid, Runaways, Anesthesia, and Certain Woman. I was Sorry, quite impressed. Jumper? Yeah, she has a cameo in Jumper. Who the hell was she in Jumper? She, she's in there for like <laughs> a scene. <laughs> I love that film. As much as everyone hates that, I love that. I love that film. But who the hell was she? What? Honestly, it's such a small bit. You probably wouldn't re- like notice it. Um, it was the year just it was the year well it was the same year as Twilight so yeah it was before we all know which one deserved the 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 trilogy out of those two (laughs) well you say that there's five films in Twilight (laughs) Um, so yeah enough with the mentions of the films we are well aware of the changing um, media perception of her we should focus on where she is as an actor Will she ever? Will she be forever tarred with the brush that is Bella Swan, or will she manage to escape that glittery gaze and become an actor in her own right, not just a blockbuster actor? I've written that. I've I've, I've just reread this and I've misspelled everything in this. I've written nice. bush instead of brush. I wrote one instead of own. It Did you do really it good. on your um on your broken screen? No, no. I wrote this all on a laptop. Oh, nice. <laughs> I okay. wrote this all on a laptop. Um. I don't know, I just seemed to drop the letters and was playing Bananagrams by myself. Anyway. <laughs> which is a great Christmas party game if anyone has So, I am genuinely interested in how, where she started, where she came from, what yeah. what the hell happened yeah, before I was, 2008. <laughs> I was as well. Um, so, I'll, I'll, I'll spare you now and say there isn't a huge amount on her um, prior oh, really? to sort of her going into films, but her first film was when she was eight years old. So there's not a lot of stuff in the build up to it. So her name is Kristen James Stewart. Middle name James with a Y. J A Y M E S. Was born April nineteen ninety in Los Angeles, which means she's turning thirty this year. Um, which I now have seen the face of age in my own grizzled mug, forgetting the time people were born. It's quite shocking to think that she's turning 30 this year, to be honest. Uh, for she's... Me. I, she... What, you think she's older or younger? Younger. Yeah, I think she's she seems way younger than that. I, I would have put her... In, in my head, I have her around 25, 26. Um, but obviously she's not. She's about five years older than that. But the thing is, she's been about 20... Five or twenty six for about twenty five or twenty six years. Well, always around like uh, just the end, end of um, high school, beginning of college, those sort of things, hasn't she? She's been that sort of yeah since I remember. Her. So sorry. So that means she was she was eighteen in Twilight. Yeah, she was. Now I think in Twilight she looks older than eighteen. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think she. I honestly, I think. Uh, if you t- told me she was 21 when she did Twilight and she was 21 when she's done Charlie's Angels, I'd be like, yeah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you seen that, Charlie? We'll get on to that anyway. <laughs> um, 
So she was born to John and Jules, who were both working in Hollywood and were keen to get her involved within Hollywood very quickly. So John Stewart, mm-hmm. not her, not that John Stewart, was her yeah. father. Um, I read it, when I read it first time, I thought, "Well, wow, that's a way to get in, isn't there?" Um, yeah. Her father was a stage manager and television television producer at Fox um, and also Comedy Central. Oh, um, oh, uh, interesting. Okay. His his most notable work was during his stint as a producer for At Midnight. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of it? Uh, is it a bit like SNL? It's a little bit like that. Yeah, it's hosted by um, Chris Hardwick. Um, so it ran for 600 episodes over the four years. So it was only on for four years and it ran for 600 episodes. It's sort of like an improv, as you said, comedy sketch thing. Uh, but that didn't happen until she'd already made a name for herself. I think it ha- was about 2013 it came out. So his biggest but- work well after she'd already made her name. Yeah. Um, her mother was Jules Mann Stewart. Um, she's a former Australian model, I read, um, which I've only seen one account for, but I'm going to keep it in there, um, who has since changed career and become a script supervisor. So she's worked on such films as Mortal Kombat, Triple X, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, Crank High Voltage, and Repo. Some pretty big names there. <laughs> nice. I rate all of them. <laughs> you know, uh, number three of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles might be the best one. I don't <laughs> <laughs> oh, which the third one didn't even have like a sub, like a tagline, did it? I I didn't one, know that the first two did. The first one did, uh, didn't. It was just Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. I think the second one was like Return of the Ooze or something along those lines. Return of the Ooze. Wait, so when sorry, these Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle are these the the old the nine, ones? Yeah, like the the ones with like the the. Yeah, the people in the costume. meme and shit. Yeah, the Cowabunga Um, ones. Yes, or as as it now is, Derek Henry. (laughs) Oh, is it? No, have you... you, Do you not see the picture of him? No, I Going off topic here. Oh, there was one where he looks just like one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. (laughs) I got very confused then. I thought by Derek Henry, you meant Mark Henry, the strongest man in the world. And I I was thinking... He doesn't look anything like a turtle. No, I, I'm <laughs> talking about the NFL star. Makes far more sense. <laughs> um, so she worked on those films, and then she stopped working as a script editor and continuity manager. So she also was in charge of making sure everything made sense throughout it. Um, after ah. she directed her first uh, film, which she also wrote, which is called K11, which also had Kristen Stewart in it. Okay. Um, it was only like a voice role for Kristen Stewart, but she did that in, I think, 20... 20- yeah. 11, around that sort of time. And mm. she has now written another script which she's trying to get out to put another film out there. So, so yeah. a family of, of creators. Yeah, mainly behind the camera sort of operators. But yeah, creators in, in the me- uh, media, I suppose, yeah. Um, cool. She's one of four kids. So she has one older brother called Cameron B. Stewart, who also appeared in K-11. So that might have been a good film for us to watch where you see the entire family in action. Mm. Um, um, he has no other notable works, and there is very little of him online, but he does have, I think, he's got something like 150,000 followers on Instagram. Wow. I don't know why, just for being the brother of Kristen Stewart, I suppose. Um, and she also has two younger brothers who are adopted called Dana and Taylor, and I really hope this is not the way they find out that they're adopted. <laughs> <laughs> just randomly listen to a podcast about this and I tell them 
Um, that'd be that'd be awful. Not my problem though. Anyway, so she grew up in LA and attended regular high school uh, with normal folks until seventh grade, where she started to study at a distance and complete high school that way. Um, she always assumed that she would follow in her family behind the camera and move into script writing. That's what she always wanted to do from a young mm. age. So she had a big love for writing and pens. There's a quote from Biography Today, which I've also put Wikipedia in brackets, because most of this stuff has come from and around Wikipedia, which yes. says, I never wanted to be the centre of attention. It, that, I wasn't that. I wasn't that. I want to be famous. I want to be an actor kid. I never sought out acting, but I always practiced my autograph because I love pens. I'd write my name on everything. Fair. So... Didn't, didn't really want to be an actor, but my fuck, if she could have worked in the Bic factory, she would have had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what she wanted. Um, but not in the razor department. Not interested in that. So, like most stars, I don't know why I'm going. Like most stars, she used to act in school, um, which is where she was actually spotted by a talent scout performing in her Christmas play at the age of eight. So she was spotted doing a Christmas play. I, I can't imagine talent scouts going to like a regular high school. To just I was literally about to say the exact same thing as you. Like, why were they there? What? <laughs> I mean, she's in LA, but even in LA, I imagine it's somewhat questionable just being a bloke wandering around. Why are you here watching these kids? Oh, talent scout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, talent scout. Got any ID? No, they don't really do badges for talent scouts, but just trust me. It's just... Madness. You, I don't think you could do it now, could you? No. I think Not it would be a bit weird, yeah. Yeah, the parents would have to agree or something beforehand, surely. Yeah, probably. Mm. Who knows? Who, Who knows, knows, mate? Who, I know. So, should we... Well, I'll, what I've done, I've broken it down in a few subcategories, this one. So that was obviously the start of her life. That was the beginning. Then I've got her starting to act. So I've got the years from 1999 to 2007. Yeah. And I've broken it down from 2008 to 2012, so the Twilight era, and then 2013 to present. So sort of the more independent and... Uh, yeah, fine. Trying to be a more serious actor, I suppose. Trying Let's to see. distance herself from Bella Swan. Yeah, fair. So Let's go for it, then. Pardon? Let's go for it. All right, we will. Let's, let's go for it. No, no holding around. I can tell you, Team Jacob, you're very much just running on all fours. So, 1992,000. You um, wait till I imprint on you. <laughs> oh, just to let everyone know, there are spoilers now if you've not seen the film Twilight. <laughs> so, 1992,000. So, following the uh, notice of a talent scout, she was put into a Disney film. The film was The 13th Year. Have you seen that? No. Oh, I thought you'd have I thought you'd been all over that. You seemed like a little like you were Disney kid. Mind you, what, when I was three years old? I don't know. Maybe it's age. Maybe you have to watch it in your 30s. I've never seen it. I have no <laughs> idea. Um, so she was uncredited, and you mm-hmm. struggled to notice her in it. So I watched okay. a scene with her cool. in it, <laughs> just to yep. see. Um, and it's clearly her. She looks pretty much the same at the age of eight. And it's just her waiting in a line for the water fountain with ten other kids, doing her best Hermione Granger performance. Oh, fabulous. Cool. It's, it's very stuffy. Oh, I need to see, I need to get to this water fountain. This kid's, and the kid's got his mouth around the entire water fountain as well. He's disgusting. But. He's <laughs> a psychopath. He's just, like, just dominating. No other person's going to use this around the whole metal clip. <laughs> just clip that inside my lip, uh, in my cheek, and no one's going to go near it. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's all she was in there. So the film's had a lot of cult following and seems one of 
the best Disney Channel original films from what I can see online. A lot of people really like it. I'm not really sure what it is. I assume it's about a kid turning 13. So going from 12 to 13, because that's a big thing. Um, but I didn't really look into it, because I didn't care. So she then continued to audition for a year. Unsuccessful, so she got nothing over the rest of that year. Um, and there's little discussion about this period in life. Admittedly, she was only eight, so it's not a lot about what was going on. She was still in regular education at this point as well. So she was mm. trying to audition and go to films. In 2000, though, she appeared in potentially the best film she's ever been in. It was The Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas. The follow-up <laughs> to The Flintstones, uh, where she is credited this time as Ring Toss Girl. And the reason she was credited as Ring Toss Girl is because she was indeed a Ring Toss Girl. Okay. There's not much else to say about this. To no. Have you seen this film? No. Oh, it's it's truly awful, and I love every minute of it. It's not oh, as good hang as the... on, no, have I? It's not oh, the this first is one. one the... Sorry, this is one of the live action ones. I think I have. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's not the good one. <laughs> I mean, I've used the word term "good" quite loosely here. It's not the first one. It's the second one. It's part of that weird turning cartoons into live action, like the Scooby Doo and stuff like that. It just yeah. doesn't really work. It was that weird you, era. I, I quite liked the live-action Scooby-Doo's. I thought they were quite good. <laughs> I thought they were fun. Um, her mum they were fun, script, but they weren't the cartoons. <laughs> oh my god, okay. Yeah, but um, I, yeah, it was a strange time where they were turning cartoons into, into live-action and not doing it well. I mean, obviously they, they do it now, still. Mm. Uh, like Transformers, but it's a different style. They didn't have the technology. Yeah. They could not build in, make them any better. So 2001 to 2003. Mm. During these years, this is where we start to see her fall into the role of tomboy rather mm. repeatedly, which is a role she sort of follows through her career, is the way I looked at it. She's being like sort of more self-controlled and androgynous, and she sort of moves that further into her act. She's like that, you know, that sort of tomboy, sort of not yeah. gender-stereotyped character, not, ma- not massively self-sufficient all the time, but sort of the blurring of what a gender is it doesn't really matter what part she plays yeah I, think, no, I get you yeah and I, I, I think that sort of works with her look as she goes forward anyway so her first significant role was in the film The Safety of Objects where she plays the tomboy daughter of Patricia Clarkson and mm-hmm. then she moves into a similar role in the film Panic Room as the daughter of Jodie Foster have you ever seen either of these? no so Panic Room, I, I really like Panic Room. Um, so Panic Room was given very good reviews, but it helps that David Fincher was at the helm of the film. He was the director, and he's a great, like, it's a great suspense popcorn flick at the mm. time. Every, everyone was trying to do suspense and popcorn, you know, like just eating and going, well, this is great. I think it was not far off M. Night Shyamalan and all his sort of stuff. Yeah. So people sure. were trying to recreate that. And it's David Fincher. So by this time, he'd already done Seven, Fight Club. He'd already done... yeah. Uh, the game so he was very good at it and great reviews really um all round from from everyone uh she got a lot for her screen time and her age and um she was nominated for a young artist award for this performance um wow which is i think was fair she was very good in it um her follow-up film she got with, with the same with a follow-up film she got exactly the same nomination again young artist of the award uh young artist award nomination uh, mm. But she wasn't a tomboy in this film. She played the daughter of Dennis Quaid and Sharon Stone in Cold Creek Manor, um, 
which mm. was a massive flop. It was critically massive flop. I think it's got like 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. So not seen as a good one. But it gave uh, Kristen the push to move into starring roles, which she did the following year. And this launched four years of varied roles uh, where she was sort of a more sort of starring character in it. Mm. But yeah, she started off strong, really. She got a couple of good roles, one poor one, but she was being nominated and noticed. So she actually got nominated, I think, for Young Artist of the Year for uh, Young Artist of all times, three years in a row. And um, again, I think in 2007. So she's, as I a younger f- actor, she was good. Yeah, I do feel like she's a bit, she's a bit like a model. In the, you, you know how models, they don't go for like, you know, actual, you know, supermodels, runway models. Mm-hmm. They, they're always a bit, there's something not classically like feminine necessarily about them, but also, yeah. you know, she's, she looks very different. She's eye catching. That's it. Yeah. It's striking. And again, the androgynous look, it's that sort of, it could, it could be this, it could be that. It's that questioning. Yeah. Like you get drawn yeah. in. What, 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 what are they? That's not necessarily. A bit like Kira Knightley. Yeah, I, I sort of get that. Um, I'm trying to think who else we sort of fit. I mean, Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman, yeah. Um, I mean, I was going to say Cara, Cara uh, not Cara Delvinia, yeah, because she was yeah. a model, wasn't she? And she sort of yeah. got that. I mean, apart from but it's think, the same thing. Yeah, you sort of get brought in and you're like, oh, that's that, that that's interesting. Who? But she doesn't do, she does good work at this, which I think is the, is the interesting part of this. So at this point in the career, she started to be homeschooled just because she was being picked up for more and more films. Uh, and that's just to do with work rate, really. And it was disrupted to her education. She was clear that she wanted to continue and ensure that she graduated to move into another career if acting didn't work out. So she wanted to make sure she continued to be homeschooled and didn't just give up on all of that. So her first project in 2004 was the Lifetime Movie Speak. I doubt you've seen this one. I hadn't even heard of this one before here. Mm-hmm. Um, so she plays the role of a high school freshman who gets raped and then in turn loses the ability to speak due to the experience. Um, so she is being That nominated. sounds good. Yeah, she was nominated for us previously, got nothing for this one, but it was lauded critically. It was, it was seen like she did wonderful work in this. It was apparently very painful and touching performance, um, mm. but basically it helped her get noticed but it's such a like rough to- like t- topic to do and it's what her she's 14 film and it's her fourth film as well it's it's mm. it's, a, it's a tough t- subject to do and I, I mean a lifetime movie you normally go ah, it's gonna be crap in it but apparently very good um it's one of those things i probably should have looked into and gone oh let's look at the early films so after this um, she was, where was it? She also appeared in Catch That Kid and Undertow. Mm-hmm. Um, that Did you watch Catch That Kid? It had Corbin mm-hmm. Blue in it from High School Musical. No? <laughs> oh my God, I've just looked it up. You yes, I did. I, have, I yeah. absolutely have seen that. But I saw it as the title Mission Without Permission. Oh, is that what it is in the UK, is it? Yeah. Okay. I oh my that. god, I vividly remember that as well. <laughs> was she good in it? No. <laughs> <laughs> None of them were. 
mean, it was awful. It was like it was like Spy Kids, but without the fun. So like Agent Cody Banks, but worse. Yeah, yeah, literally. Oh my okay. god, this is just looking at it. I've just it's just brought back so many memories. In my, in my mind, it sort of feels like it's almost Agent Cody Banks meets Big Fat Liar, but without the ability to act. Is I that, um. You ever seen Big Fat Liar? No, I haven't seen Big Fat Foot Liar, but just, but, oh my god, I, I, I vividly remember this. <laughs> so I can't so, get over this. So yeah. in two, that was 2004, so 2005, and mm. she was then in two movies. I've only mm. written one of them down, though. Oh no, I've written both. Zathura and Mean People, so that's yeah. followed. But not much acting was needed for, for the role of Zathura. Have you seen Zathura? I quite liked Zathura. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. She She's... Frozen for New Year's. Frozen for thing. most of the films. So it <laughs> it's Dax Shepard, isn't it? Is the guy. Yeah. Is the, is the spaceman. And it's directed by um, Happy from Iron Man. And director John Favreau. Of, yeah, it's his first film he ever directed, I'm pretty sure. And um, like he had to do That's quite a big that he can act, uh, he can direct and move on. Yeah. Quite a big deal because the, the only other film by the writer was. I mean, Jumanji, so... Yeah. Well, it, it's not nothing to follow, isn't it? It's essentially Jumanji in space. I think they even used that as a tagline, didn't they? I think it was, which is fair enough, because, I mean, it's written by the same guys. Book. Yeah. <laughs> so, 2006 comes. Um, hmm. This year, there's a gap. She doesn't do any films at this point. But that's probably because in the next 18 months before Twilight, she is then in seven films? Or eight films over 18 months. Really? Quite a lot, really. So because of her um, spell in the Lifetime movie and Mean People, she got picked up for the film The Messengers, which she was leading. It was okay. It was like um, a psychological thriller. In The Land of Women, she was also in, which I didn't see. Um, The Cake Eaters, which I couldn't see because that's an indie film that only went to festivals. Um, Into the Wild, um, which was only for a small role, but I rem- remember in that. Cutlass, which was a short. Okay. The Yellow Handkerchief, What Just Happened, in a fleeting appearance, and Jumper, which was a cameo. Yeah. So quite a lot of films there. I've seen, I think, about four of them. Three? Three of them. I've seen The Messengers, Into the Wild, and Jumper. Um, as you said, you love Jumper. Um, mm. I always get Jumper mixed up with Push in my head. I think it's just because of the names. <laughs> Um, it's, it's hard to work out which one's which. I don't know. Do they come out similar times as well? Uh, I don't know what push is. Uh, if I'm honest. Maybe not there. J- Jumper has Jamie Bell in it, doesn't it? Jumper has Jamie Bell and um, Hayden Christensen and yeah. Samuel L. Uh, yeah. And there's that whole scene where he's under the ice, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, okay, I've got the right one. Push is completely different. Uh, <laughs> but I just remember those. It's, it's a... It's... Honestly, Jumper, I know it's not one of the ones that we're talking about, but it's one of the best concepts for a film, I think. I think, I think it's a really good, yeah, as you said, concept. It's a really good idea. Um, just, yeah, it was, yeah, it, was, it, it wasn't terrible. You know I mean? He wasn't bad, though. Like, everyone gives hate and Jip, but I think he's quite good if he's given a good script. He just hasn't been given a good script. <laughs> I feel like he's the same boat as what she's had to do, which is drop out of the main, like, working indie film and the way up. It's the same thing, like, 
Josh Hartnett had the same sort of thing. Yeah. Several people have been tied to big franchises and gone, all right, I have to step back out and do yeah. what I do so I can reestablish myself. Robert Pattinson did the same thing as well with Twilight, didn't he? He dropped mm. out. Yeah, but, of course. And now he's in great things. So now th- these films had like a very response in regards to her acting. Um, Into the Wild, which is a great film, great book as well. Um, have you seen the film or read the book? Um, which one, sorry? Uh, Into the Wild. It's the one with Emil Hirsch. Basically, the guy who goes backpacking. Spoilers, dies. He's just, he doesn't make it. Um, it's oh, very much... No, I haven't big, seen that. I don't think it was Jack Kerouac. It was some, it seems similar sort of writing. Um, mm. But she's in it sort of like this hippie girl. He picks up with him for a brief time. Um, and a lot of the problems, a lot of people say it was okay, she was good, um, said that she was giving solid performances, okay performances, but there was a certain word that popped up more than it should do, and that word is vapid from the reviews I've seen over this time. So Fair. very much, is it her? Does she just sort of suck everything out of it? Does she sort of just uh, her way through the scenes? She's believable as a regular person, but it, it just sort of, uh, that sort of sucks the energy out of the room. It just drains everything, doesn't it? I don't know if you felt the same way. Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, she's... She... When we get on to the films, I'll talk about my, uh, Your my opinion. opinions. So, her independent film, though, at that time, uh, The K-Heaters, she was seen as a very good, well-rounded performer worked well for both portions of the role. So her less mainstream stuff, she's getting really good responses from again. Mm. So the roles where she's choosing, which seem a bit more passion-filled, great responses, everything else is sort of, eh, she doesn't care. It's almost like she doesn't put the end. So we're now moving into 2008, well, halfway through. We have two of And moving yeah. into our first reviewed film, mm. which is Twilight. Twilight. Oh, Goody. Right. We now do films, uh, <laughs> plots in under a minute. Uh, <laughs> I haven't worked out which one I don't want. I know which one I don't want to have to do in under a minute. Um, so I would rather let you take this one. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's all right? Yeah, absolutely fine by me. Um, so I'll, I'll get my timer up. You ready? Go. Yeah. Um, girl leaves her mum to live with her dad. Turns out there are vampires around the corner. One of them falls in love with her, and uh, she's a real tasty snack for the vampire boys. And these other vampires who do actually eat humans uh, get a little taste for her, and there's a little fight, uh, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, hon- honestly, can you tell me I've missed anything? <laughs> Um, no, not really. There are werewolves that live around the corner, but we don't know they're werewolves yet. We just think they're Native Americans. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't, we've only heard about the reservation. We don't know that. Um, Anna Kendrick's in it. There's not really much else to say in this film though. Um, yeah. So did you read the book of this? No. I have read the book of this. (laughs) Before or after? Before. I read it when I was out in America. Before it came out, I heard it was... I hadn't seen the film. I moved out there, picked it up. Or I think it was off my sister's bookshelf or something like that. It's only about 300 pages long. I read it in about two hours. 
Um, and it was vapid. It was just like, oh, God, nothing's happening. What's the point of this? I really... I, I went back to watching this and I was like, surely it's not as bad as I remember it. Surely. Yeah, that's, that's, that's how I went into this film as well. Surely it, there's some redeeming features. Like, because I, I remember this coming out and I remember there being a whole thing about, you know, everyone, like, pe- people loved it and they fell in love with it and it was generally teenage girls. And then everyone else just hated it, didn't get it, didn't like it. And I was like, Clearly, for this many people to have loved it and for it to have got a fucking five-movie franchise, someone must have liked it enough, you know? Yeah. And there's just nothing to it. It's appallingly filmed. My God. The actual filming is just... It's hard to watch. So it's not as bad as I remember it being. I remember it being... Oh, but the bits where it's like... Because the vampires are super fast, so to make it look like they're going fast... They like <laughs> they like just walk, but it looks like they're floating. So I was watching the film, going, "This isn't as bad as I remember it. This is pretty. Well, it's pretty nothingy." There, Anna mm. Kendrick's pretty good in her role at this point. She's yeah. playing the peppy friend, and she's sort of like a bit jealous because she's like, "Oh, the guys want you." Um, I, and I like Anna Kendrick. <laughs> I thought she was good in it. Um, I quite like the dad in this. I think the dad was good. Um, yeah. As a sort of good. distant father who's just sort of there. Um, Taylor Lautner's okay in this. He hasn't really got to do much. <laughs> just sort uh, of ta- honestly, Taylor Lautner, one of the better things about the Twilight series, not just for his abs. <laughs> well, he doesn't really have abs in this one. He's a little doughy boy at this point, isn't he? He is. Um, um, also, just I think this might this might be interesting to you. The, the director of this one only yeah. directed this one, didn't get signed up for the next ones. I'm not surprised. It was terribly done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, as I said, I was watching, I was going, this is okay. This is, this is meh. This is, ugh. I'm just slogging through it. And at 52 minutes, 18 seconds, I'm pretty sure that was the time, <laughs> he starts running with her on his back. And I went, nope. <laughs> I remember why I I remember why it's bad. And it's, it's almost like they've gone, you know, I want them to run quickly. Have I ever seen anything run quickly? Yeah, do that, do that. <laughs> it's like let's blow their legs, <laughs> run on. And it, it literally is, and it. But they, but but it's like because it's like they've they've just mismatched the speed at which the camera's panning and yeah. the speed at which the person's moving because yeah. it's the same. You have no, and they've there's no motion blur, and, no. and that's the issue. It, I, it looks like. With how it's shot in general, though, isn't it? It looks like someone's on a treadmill. And then also all the weird, weird, weird shops, sh- shops, shots, where, like, it's layering over and there's just fucking whitewash coming over everything. And yeah. it's, it's literally like someone spilt milk halfway through, like, on the film. Yeah, like, like a classic film. film you know? Look how grey they are. It's like, ooh, there's something... Oh, no, 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 no. Not That's not what I mean. I mean, like, the bits where, like, it, you know, where, like, literal, just the colour white, like, seeps in from the sides uh, or whatever. Yeah, no, I get that. But also, he's a vampire, and she's as fucking pale as he is. The colour palette is so wrong on this. Well, I think that's the point. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? She's she's meant to be that pale, though, because it's like, I thought people from Arizona had a tan. And it's in the book as well. 
It's all about, oh, she's so white, she's so white, she could be a Cullens. They just, they, yeah, it's, it's Hamburg. Oh, is it? Like that. Yeah. Um, she's almost something like this Snow White character, isn't she? Of innocence. Oh, well, that's, but, you know that I mean? comes like, up in a couple of years, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. But it's almost like innocence and virtue um, is what she's meant to be, like the pure white and that sort of thing. Um, the lines in this are cringy. Um, as I said, hold on tight, spider monkey. Um, is one of my favourites. Um, the the bit where he shows, go on, say it, a vampire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh, come on. Um, oh yes, you brought a snack. Stuff like that. It just it's really bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then, but then he says that, and instantly the vampires like square up to each other. But it's just a bunch of normal looking people like going like suddenly crouching and going. <laughs> <laughs> It's and it's the eyes as well. My, um, that's one of my favourite moments where she comes in for the first time. <laughs> she comes in for the first time, and the fan blows on it. It's his face like he like grabs his fucking mouth like as if someone's done a really nasty fart. It is, and then at the end of the lesson, she goes out and goes, "You have to change me to another class." There's nothing in chemistry. There's nothing in the earth science. <laughs> um, you'll have to stay in biology. It's like, come yeah. on. And he's like, fine, I'll deal with it. Oh, just doesn't make much sense. Oh, it's... It... No, it's bad. You're also annoying me. I remember watching this film. Uh, well, before it was announced, uh, the main film, the n- main song that was announced for the film that they were taking was Supermassive Black Hole by Muse. And at that yes. point, I stopped liking Muse. I remember that quite vividly. <laughs> Yeah, was... and when is when is when is Supermassive Black Hole used in this film, Josh? When I think they're this is a playing point that we baseball, should... <laughs> oh, <laughs> which no. they can only play when it's thundering. <laughs> oh, oh god. Um... Also, right. Sorry, I need to say. It. I need to say it. The way, <laughs> the way she throws the ball is the worst. She like gives it all this. She she. <laughs> Like this is one of the vampires the now. She like flicks her leg up in the air and you're like, oh, this is going to be a powerful bowl. And then her arm comes up to a right angle with her body and then stays straight up to the elbow and she throws just with her forearm. Yeah, she doesn't follow through on the throw. But, uh, oh, no, no, her, her shoulder doesn't throw. She throws through her elbow. I know, that's what, there's, no, there's no wind up. There's nothing. No. Up, no. <laughs> just, it's just a, oh. but um, I don't understand. Like, oh, good. We could do with an umpire because we don't like the cheating. The mum's busy being the umpire. She's she's the stop, isn't she? I can't remember what the, the name is. Backstop. Might be. But she's there basically yeah. being the umpire anyway. I yeah. don't get it. But at that point as well, <laughs> just I'm gonna go, we're just going to bounce all around this film. At that point, he's like, take your hair down so they don't know that you're not a vampire. How's that going to make him not know she's a vampire? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's... Take your hair down so the wind can blow through it because it's been up for the rest of the scene and we can't be bothered to do any content. Um, so just deal with it. Um, oh, honestly, mate. James but... is potentially the most lethal thing I have ever seen. I've never seen a hunter quite like him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's the guy as well. You know, did you recognise James? Yes! From Easy A? Yes! <laughs> Oh, it's just, it's so, there's so many things. I, the thing is, I was busy thinking, what sort of rating would I give this film? And I couldn't, I couldn't really decide. Um, if it was just on direction, it's getting nothing. CGI. I enjoyed it, though, because of how bad it was. Um, you know, like, you just can't stop watching it as well, because it's like a car crash. 
it's it's one of those films. But the thing I don't... is, and yeah. and I hate myself for this. I've watched the other ones, and as yeah. like a start to finish story, it's not awful. There are I... worse, and you know Martin Sheen, or Martin Sheen, Michael Sheen, not Martin what? Sheen. Uh, Michael Sheen's in the next one, which is, is great. The next one, the one after that. Because, yeah, it might be the next one. I think one, it's the next one. They come in. But he's in that as well. Dakota Fanning comes in, right in it as well. Yeah, it's... Dakota Fanning, who... But, like, like... They, they have things that sort of develop, and there is a story. But this first one, there is just nothing to it, is there? It's... No. It's empty. And the ending. And the ending. Oh! oh. Where yeah. she just goes, we completely forgot about this other vampire. She's there. She and just walks... And she just walks away. And she... They... The, the final shot of this film that's been about these two people it's just not them and it's some irrelevant fucking vampire well, no, it's woman relevant for the next what, next film but it's like oh there's gonna be a sequel there's gonna be a sequel like the people that are there know there's a sequel they've read the fucking books they're there for a reason they're not there going oh this twilight i've heard so much about it <laughs> it's, oh, it's not that the film. and then not only that the credits where they start doing all the black and white the colours in there, oh. and they recreate the cover of the book with the, the apple being caught in the hands. Oh, um, I mean, there's even more to dislike about Twilight, because it's the reason that Fifty Shades of Grey exists as well. Yeah. Because obviously Fifty Shades of Grey was a fan fiction about Edward Cullen. Oh. I remember when I was in high school in America, they used to mention that they thought I was... A vampire as well, like because Twilight was that sort of era. It's not like actually a vampire. Oh, you look like him. You look like him because I was really pale compared to everyone else. I had bags. He's <laughs> obviously he's actually English, and my hair was massive in the air as well. So like, oh, you like him? I was like, yeah, fat, uncool one. But yes, I am also. Uh, yeah, not a good film though, was it? No, it's bad film. Bad what, film. What what rating would you give that? Uh, one star. Out of five, I think. I mean, I, if that's how yeah. we're doing it, I yeah, and I, I and I hesitate to give it one, but I feel like you can't give a film. I don't. I don't think zero stars really exist. Let's, truly, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this film one and a half cupped apples. I think there's a little bit to it. There's some bits I go, I mean, schlocky thing. You know, that's what I, I get it. I think there there is there is reason for the film. It's not. Why did they ever make this film? I can see. I, no, and- I. My score is low because I probably would have given it a one point five had you asked me before I re rewatched it. But I had <laughs> high hopes, going, "It's not as bad as I remember. It's not as bad as everyone says it is." And I was just beaten. The TV came out with its vampire fucking hands, and it just went, "No, you are wrong, Josh," and just whipped me round the face he- like. The only reason I would lower my score is because now I've watched this film on my Netflix account, I'm being suggested... Recommended! <laughs> vampire and werewolf crap. <laughs> I can't get away from it. It's just like, oh. you watch this film, you must love vampires. Yeah, yeah what's these? I'm like, oh, God. I don't want to do that. So they also made Kristen Stewart wear contacts for this film because she's got green eyes and wanted her to have brown eyes. Mm. I'm just going to give you a couple of facts about it. Uh, Robert Pattinson actually plays the piano in this. Um, yeah, know, I believe that. Well. I quite like Robert Pattinson in this. I don't think he, I know he took the piss with it, but I think he literally had like took the piss with it on screen as well. And I sort of 
enjoyed being in on the joke. Um, yeah. I don't know about you. Um, he literally, uh, when he got cast in the role, Rob Panson, he moved to Oregon and began mm. working in character both physically and mentally. So he worked out five hours a day with a trainer, learning to fight, play baseball and do stunts. He also had to learn to drive and get an Oregon drive. So he came into this film for the first one, ready, raring to go, and then went, ah, this is crap. (laughs) Insane. Right. He also also didn't didn't speak to anyone for a few weeks before the film began so he could try and feel isolated like Edward Cullen. (laughs) (laughs) So Jared Leto level fucking gift giving. 5,000 people auditioned for the role of Edward. 5,000? Yeah. That's too too many. I'm going to say this just to ruin Karis as well, because Paramore's lead singer, Hayley Williams, was such a huge fan of the books that she wrote a song just for the movie. You know, well, have you looked at Hayley Williams? I am not surprised. No, I'm not either, to be honest. I think you could have told me that, like, you, yeah. You could have said, what's this person's favourite book series, Twilight? When Bella and Edward are lying in the meadow, glittery and stuff like that, Mm. the sun coming through the trees makes a heart between them. Oh, get a life. (laughs) Get a life. Oh, God. Stop it. Right. Please. Should we keep going or not? No, we're moving on. Uh, The script script only took six weeks to write. Yeah. Six weeks. I could have um, done it in fucking two. <laughs> I know. So in 2008, she uh, ranked as number 17 on Entertainment's Weekly 30 Under 30 Actress list. Um, and she was also named Movie Fanatic's Hottest Young Actress. And she was also ranked <laughs> She also ranked number nine on Movie Phones, the 25 Hottest Actors Under 25. By hottest, I think it's like Rising Star. Rather yeah, than- I was going <laughs> to say. Yeah. Um, but we will get to people thinking she's sexy later. Um, but yeah, that's so was seen in 2008 as sort of this big up and coming star. And I think she was also in a load film as well. Um, but it made so much money, Twilight, didn't it? Yep. Um, so 2009, um, we then get to the film Adventureland. Fabulous um, film. She was good film. in that. She was. Um, her and Jesse um, Eisenberg, who were in like three, four films together. They yeah. seem to work quite a lot together. They both have a similar sort of acting style, don't they? We did we not speak about Adventure Land when we did? We did. We Ryan did the Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds one. So yeah. back in our very first episode, Ryan Reynolds, yeah. we talk about Adventure Land because he's in there. Uh, Ryan Reynolds doing his bit. Funny enough, um, during a, she was filming Adventure Land where she had to go and do the screen test for Twilight. So they came in during the filming to do her screen test, and then she got the film, and then Twilight came out before Adventure post production, wow. and quickly they wanted. Twilight out. Um, in 2009, we also got Twilight Saga, New Moon. So the second one along of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in 2009 as well, she dated her Speak co-star. So the guy, I think, who raped her in the film Speak, uh, okay. Michael Angarano, until early 2009. So she was dating him until that point. And then in mid-2009, she started dating Twilight co-star Robert Pattinson, mm-hmm. which was quite a big thing wasn't it um oh they're in the movie they're in love they're in they're the perfect couple um but you know that all changes so we then come to 2010 um where she had three films i believe yeah three films 
Um, the first film that came out is actually the next film we're going to talk about, um, called The Runaways. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, right, The Runaways. Do we need to do the plot in a minute? Yeah. Yeah, go on. Hit um, us with it. So, The Runaways um, tells the story of how Joan Jett manages to make it into the music world. She goes, when she's underage, she learns to play the guitar. She goes and meets a music manager. Um, who then she says, I want to be an all-girl group. He goes, brilliant, and then starts building this group around her. They find Dakota Fanning, who plays Carrie Keary, um, mm-hmm. come in, be the lead singer, works around it. It's them going on tour, the changes they do, how they get screwed over a little bit with money, how they're treated poorly, how they're not taken seriously, but how they sort of take the world by storm, and also primarily Japan. And it's the story of how dependency upon each other within the group and on other vices ultimately break it apart along with Michael Shannon's <laughs> person, I can't remember his name, Michael Shannon, destroying the the group internally as well. Yeah. And it's the story of uh, basically finishing with Joan Jack continuing her, her long career. Yeah, so it's a true story. Yes, yeah, uh, it's, it's true-ish. There's bits that are admitted, it's the same with any sort of true story, isn't it? There's bits yeah. that are admitted, bits that should be in there sh- that aren't, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, Funny enough, coming into this, Carrie had already seen this film. And she she'd already, she liked this film. She went, "Oh, I like that film." I I wouldn't have thought this was a film she would have. Seen. It was. What did you think about it? I were, thought it was a good film. I see. This is the thing. I I like it for the same reason Carrie likes. It. I think Dakota Fanning is very good in this, and I also think Shannon is brilliant in this film. I Correct. Think, Those I think, two are they hold the film together. I think. Kristen Stewart could or could not be there, you know. Yeah, but also, but equally, she is very Joan Joan Jett. If you've ever seen Joan Jett, she is. She is. But they, I think it's partly the writing as well. Carrie, um, who I forgot her sister was called Mary. Her sister is Mary Curry. Yeah, <laughs> which makes me laugh. Um, <laughs> but it's yeah, it focuses. Uh, what I do like about there's certain things I. Such as the fact that the band constantly changes like it did in real life and no one acknowledges it. Um, yeah. They keep adding and losing players and that sort of thing. This person's in it. Oh, she's not in it now. <laughs> Just like, she's gone. It was um, yeah. Baby from uh, Arrested Development was in it briefly. And then she was gone. And then someone else came in. Um, there's a few things that I think a lot of people probably agreed with. Like at the very end, the, the name card at the end goes, this person's doing this. This person's doing that. Um, I don't know why they didn't include Sandy West in there. Because um, obviously they did Joan Jett, Cherry Curry and Kim Fowley, but they didn't include mm. Sandy West, who was a main member of the band. And she died about five years before the film came out as well, of um, lung no. cancer. So it should have been something that they sort of went, oh, this mm. could have been in there. They also didn't mention any sort of the sexual exploitation the actual, like, I think Michael Shannon's character, it's not actually Michael Shannon, Michael Shannon didn't do any of these horrible things, actually ranked <laughs> one of them as well on stage, and they just didn't include that in the film. Jesus. Um, and that's why she left. There's a lot of stuff in there that wasn't included. Mm. But I thought it was a fairly competently told one, but the, the problem is with this, there are so many films like this now, like the band movie, the artist, mm. that they're ten a penny, and this is not one of the 
I um Disagree. I didn't I didn't I did <laughs> no, I didn't hate the movie by no. any shot, but it 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 really didn't hold my attention. Did it not? No, it it I mean, because obviously you're you you know you're taking the lifespan of this band and you're condensing it into two hours or less than those hour and a half really, and that's obviously that's hard, but it felt like a lot of the same thing. It felt like a lot of them being in studios or rehearsing or backstage, and that was like it. Which I get that that's where everything happens, but especially tonally like actual color palette wise it was the same yeah. thing on my eyes the entire way through that's true yeah no i get that it's that what, Mike, what... honestly michael michael shannon dakota fanning dakota fanning carried it but whenever michael shannon came on you put back up and paid attention to it because yeah it's him, him fowley he plays um i don't know why i didn't remember that i said yeah. the name Kim fowley earlier um but that's who and that's the character you remembered because, and he came in, and he. I think it's part of the role, though, wasn't it? It was very much shit, piss, fuck. Let's ruin this. Let's make mess. Let's yeah. just be difficult. Um, mm. I yeah. didn't realize that I knew the Runaways as well until they started playing all their songs. No, like, and that's oh, the thing because again, I forgot about the problem is you forget about Sherry Curry as well because Joan yeah. Jett then performs all the songs with her own band. <laughs> yeah. Afterwards, so they sort of carried on because she wrote them all anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, there's bits in there which are. I mean, like Kristen Stewart actually. So she was playing the music, but yeah, the they had Joan Jett actually do the music. But so there's bits like that which you go, oh, that's okay. That's it's probably the reason she got cast in the role. I mean, she looks enough like her. She played the apathetic, almost punk. All right, it just there could have been more to it, couldn't there? That's it. Just yeah. felt like flat in places, unfortunately. Um. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how I felt about the fight. I, I thought it was an interesting story. I was like, oh, I didn't know about it. So. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, no, I didn't know the story. So I was interested. That's it. That's so why I learned, but I, like, I learned on the way. I looked that's... into it. Yeah. Did you know, you know, the band that kicks them off from the mic check and stuff like that? Yeah. In real life, that was actually the band Rush. Oh fuck! Um, obviously, cool. wrong time to sort of badmouth Rush. Obviously, with them losing their drum, but <laughs> um, it was them who kicked them off and basically made those sort of because it was interesting because they obviously the runaway support from like the punk scene, didn't they? They were good friends with the Ramones, mm. the Sex Pistols, people like that. They were very yeah. communal, which is why they got so much in the way of records. And they kept getting pushed forwards. Um, but yeah, I I don't know, I. There's little bits and they go, oh, that's nice, that's nice. But I don't think I'd recommend this to anyone. Like, if I had to recommend a film about a band or, a, like, a person, I would put Love and Mercy above this, I'd put Rocket Man above this, I'd put uh, Bohemian Rhapsody Walk the Line. Pun? Walk the Line yeah. above this. There's so many out there. You go, yeah, that one's oh, But, as you said, Dakota Fanning's given this. Michael Shannon is is un- <laughs> is un- un- unnerving in this. Um, he was actually in a film I watched today, which we're obviously going to be talking about uh, on our next podcast as well, which I was shocked about. Mm. Um, <laughs> but he's 
he's yeah, it's 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 just lacking in places. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't totally agree. Like, I didn't feel like I tr- truly cared, unfortunately. Um, what would you What would you give this? I'd give this more than Twilight, though. I'd give this a yeah. two star film. Yeah, I'd give this two, two and a half. Know, two, two, two band members out of the possible five. <laughs> were they a five piece? No, oh, with how many people were coming and going? <laughs> oh, they were about a twenty piece if they kept everyone there. It was really uh, weird the way they did it, though. You know, like mm. they had people auditions. The woman, a person went for like lead guitar, didn't get it, so they put them in as lead. Uh, they put them in as bass, and the person who then the, the lead guitarist dropped out, so they brought in the person who originally went bass role as the lead guitar player. Mm. So they but, I guess, person... but I guess in those moments, it's easier to teach someone something new than teach two people something new. Yeah, I get that. But by the same time, you go, oh, this person was actually better on guitar and this person's actually better on bass. So we'll have them play the opposite <laughs> instrument. Just, it was a very yeah. confusing time, but I think that's just part of what it was at, the, at, at yeah. that moment, wasn't it? it was, it's a real interesting time for music. As I... um, but yeah, that was The Runaways. So, 2010, we then had the next part of the Twilight Saga. I mean, I have to be honest, they did a good job of getting these out every year. So we had the Twilight Saga Eclipse, where she played Bella Swan, and yeah. uh, then Welcome to the Rileys, um, which I think she got absolutely slammed for. Um, it was poor acting in general, Welcome to the Rileys, mm. um, which is not wholly surprising. Um, so Stuart was listed as the highest-earning female um, across... Um, Actress, sorry, f- female actress in Vanity Fair in Hollywood's top earners list of 2010. So she had estimated earnings that year of 28.5 million. Um, Fuck. And then 2011, she was named as the number one on Forbes's list of Hollywood's best actors for the buck. So although she was paid a lot because of the how films much she was in, and she was paid, I think, less than a male counterpart. So I think Rob Pattinson made more. So she. Jesus, really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Huh. Well, that doesn't surprise me in this day. It's still, it still happening. Uh, yeah. Um, um, is it Benedict Cumberbatch who's come out now and said that he will only take a pay equal with his female co-star? It sounds like something he'd do. I think there are a few actors actually that have come out and said that. But I guarantee they won't go, oh yeah, I'll take the pay cut <laughs> to match it. Mm. No, you just find the extra money to, to cover that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah. she, sorry, you were saying they're churning them out every year. What, there was a Twilight every year? So the first one was 2008, which mm. was Twilight. Then there mm. was Twilight New Moon in 2000, Eclipse in 2010. 2011, mm. you then had Twilight uh, Breaking Dawn Part 1, mm. where she was actually billed as Bella Swan Cullen, because at this point she was also a Cullen. Um, and then 2012, we had the next part of that, where she's only billed as Bella, uh, as Bella C- Cullen in that oh, one. Obviously, she turns partway through that other film. Mm. Um, so that was 2011. 2012 comes along, and we then... Snow White and the Huntsman, <laughs> where she plays Snow White. Now, I've not seen this film. I know Chris Hems has in this film, and to be honest, the film didn't do well, but the film was well known. Um... Uh, <laughs> Because in July 2012, she was photographed having an affair with her Snow White and the Huntsman director, Rupert Sanders. I mentioned yes. this to I mentioned this to Karis. She went, she wasn't even hiding it well. They were photographed in a car just outside of a girl. It's like, oh, come on. Like, they didn't even attempt to hide it. Um, so Sanders, who was 19 years older than Stuart, 
married at the time, issued a public apology for the affair, as did Stuart. Um, the reason Stuart did the apology, because this is stuff that carries on me, so she knows all about the celebrity gossip. Mm. She went, the reason she had to issue the apology was because mm. um, Rupert Sanders' wife came out in the newspaper called her a meddling and said that <laughs> so basically that, that he could stay with her, she's not taking him back, that, that Kristen Stewart, the whore, can have him, basically along those lines. So Stuart had to go, oh, oh, no, I am sorry. Um, so obviously due to this, Case Stu and our Pat broke up, mm. which was terrible. Um, but they did get back together in October that same year. Mm. And then it broke up again in May the following year. So it came out tumultuous because she just couldn't keep it in her pants. I would like to add, I have seen Snow White and the Huntsman. Any good? Honestly. Better than you thought it would be. I'd have rather watched it than at least the two films that we've said, if not more of the ones that we have watched. But I'm not going to say what I think about really? them. Really? Yes. No. <laughs> I'm surprised. I have no interest in Bear in my... mind, I have given these a two and a one star. <laughs> so all it needs yeah, is a three. <laughs> true. I can't remember. I think I gave The Runaways higher when I watched it. I don't know why mm. I would have. But I think I gave it. I might. No, I gave it two and a half star. Yeah. Middle so road. what did anyway. she do? So there was more. Then more Twilight. Well, in 2012, obviously that happened. Four was named in 2012 the highest paid actress again with total earnings of 34 and a half million. Mm. Um, and then 2012 we had On the Road, mm. which is a bit meh as a film again. Yeah. It was. It feels like it should have been like an Into the Wild again. Jack Kerouac. It is Jack Kerouac on the road, I think. Um, and then also Twilight Saga Break 2. And then 2012, we also got K11, where she plays Ray's secretary for her mother's film. Where she's there just we go. Boy. But that ends the Twilight years. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not looking good right now. Nope. Uh, she's not done a lot. Well, she's done a lot, but all of it's meh. It's not reaching good responses from people. Um, so we'll look into her moving into more of an indie thing now. So in February 24, 2013, she presented with Daniel Radcliffe. Mm. So she's presenting awards as well. Um, she then started that same year um, with Chanel mm. as being their new face. So she did that. Um, and she also worked with Carl Lagerfeld in 2013. Uh mm. Balenciaga in 2014. Fucking hell. I know. Um, at this point, so in 2013, she was ranked number three and four actress, the total earnings of 22 million, number 10 in 2014 on 12 million, and number nine in 2015 on 12 million. So she continues to be on their top lists. And in 2013 as well, talking about sexy earlier, she ranked number seven on Ask Men's list of top 99 women of 2013. And she also ranked at number three FHM online sexiest women in the world and ranked number at number three. 13 in the magazine's list of sexiest women in the world. Number three online. That's wrong. It's mad, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's what fame will do to people. But as you said, there's something about it. Describe what it is. It's something just t- untangible. Yeah but, I wouldn't, yeah, but I wouldn't say it's attractive. I think she's attractive. At, do at you? Different things. Yeah, there's this point, there's films you go, oh, yeah, it's that sort of. I don't really, you know, like you don't really get what it is. 
quality about it. Mm. I think it is that sort of aloof thing that they're not interested, but that might just be me and my lack of self-worth. So, <laughs> in mid-2013, um, Greta Stewart started dating, dating visual effects producer um, Alicia Cargyle as well. Mm. So, she signed her Breaking Dawn... And in 2013, so she signed her Breaking Dawn Part 2 dress and gave it a charity buzz auction, benefiting the Robin Hood Foundation Sandy Relief Fund, which provides long-term support for those affected by Hurricane Sandy. Also in 2013, she reportedly raised half a million dollars for the Sandy Relief effort by meeting an unnamed Middle Eastern prince for 15 minutes. I suppose you can read into that what you want. But yeah, half a million. Yeah. But still, it's raising money for a good cause. So she's quite a humanitarian as well, which I think is quite... That doesn't surprise me about her. Very much about quality and looking at people. I think that she gives that sort of vibe, doesn't she? Yeah, I get you. Crunchy granola, shall we say. Hmm. <laughs> um, so following this, she released two films in 2014. Um, is it two films? I'll go through anyway. There's three films in 2014, but we're going to talk. So she released Camp X-Ray, um, where she played Cole, which got all right reviews. Um, Clou- and then Clouds of Sills, uh, Maria. And lastly, in that one, she did Still Alice. So the film we're talking about is going to be Clouds of Silmaria. Um, you've got the lovely job, though, of trying to describe a minute. <sighs> okay, right. Um, actress and her um, assistant slash agent decide to... Um, well, her agent says, look, do you want to be a part in a show that you were in years ago, but you're not the part that you played. You're now the older part. The younger part was uh, sort of the older part was always played by someone who's a bit more jealous of the younger part. Uh, so she's has to come to terms with suddenly becoming this older and being seen as being the older, more jealous actress. Um, they go for a little retreat uh, to work on the script and sort of just, just deal with things um and throughout this the she realizes or you as the audience also realize that how similar her life is to the one of the woman who she's being told to play um and it finishes with her being in the show with just about to start the show budding stars yeah yeah it's it's a hard one to do in a minute this isn't it it is in my head, it wasn't, but there are a lot of. Um, this is the reason I asked you to nuances. do nuances. To be honest, yeah, because <laughs> I knew this would be the one you'd have to do following up. Um, it's an interesting film. This, I think, it's a very well written piece. Mm. It's an interesting piece. I think it's a, like it's a concept. I, I quite like the interlaying the confusion, like what's happening right now, what's going back and forward. Are they in the rehearsing? Are they playing it? What is actually going on? Is, is actual jealousy? It's quite a nice idea. Um, the best I, thing about this was the screenplay. You think? Yeah, I think. But then again, I think Juliette uh, Binoche is really good in that. Yeah, she was very good. But I think the, the I mean, uh, I mean, one could say a script makes any film because the script is, you know, what you're basing off. But yeah. I, I do think the script for this was clearly a very tight script, you know, no room for ad living and stuff. Well, that's it. I, when I when I watched it with you, I went. I could see this being a play. It's it's something that doesn't need to be visually 
spectacular. It doesn't need to be a spectacle, does it? It mm. needs to be sort of understated. It needs to the writing and the actors take the forefront yeah. of it. The landscape around it, literally them being isolated, the vast majority of the film, where they're almost in that sort of that snake, the, the valley, it works so well because it is that idea that they are separated, they are unaware, they can't really get involved with what's going on in the rest of the world and get that sort of jealousy, build up the frustration between them. Mm. Um, I think that she, Kristen Stewart is good in this role. I think she is very good in this role, actually. I think, she... I think this was her best film out of the four, and this was her best performance out of the four. Cool. I, I agree with that. I think this is her best. Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to say she did poorly in this, because, I mean, she did receive the Cesar Award for Best Supporting Actress and became the did first... Did she? Yeah. Yeah. She became the first American actress to receive a nomination in three years, and it was only the second American winner... Do you know who the first American winner of the Cesar Award is? No. Adrian Brody in 2003 for Best Actor of Pianist. So she's the first really? American to win an award, the Cesar Award. And so I think it's because of how understated and sort of... I mean, it's very it's very Kristen Stewart. That's the problem. The role almost feels... Oh, you, no, you, you say that. However, this is like the one role where she smiles. <laughs> That is true. In this, you get to see more emotional. She actually levels. seems she seems human. <laughs> she does, but I think this again is is her getting to choose a role. This is after the Twilight mess. She gets to choose a role now where she can actually act. No, and 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 funnily enough, this had I not watched this film and had you chosen one of her other films, I could well have come out of this saying I don't think. Kristen Stewart can act. And okay. I'd have probably been pretty confident in my judgment there. However, <clears throat> this, this film has turned me in that she can act, she just seems to not a lot of the time. I think the issue is, I think when she was doing like, the films like Twilight and that sort of, hmm. and the other films she was doing at the time, she's been almost like you're still in this film. You have to be an ambassador and still have to do almost like these hype. You can't really do a passion project. And it's sort of, she didn't have the interest in it. Yeah. If that makes sense. It, but this one, she gets to do that bit more. I think really, they, um, so she was actually offered the role of Valentine, um, which she wanted to accept, but her agent misunderstood this. And this basically led to another actress being offered the role. Um, was it Kowska? I think it was her first name. Um, it's the person who played Alice in uh, the new Alice in Wonderland films got offered the role, essentially. Mm. And then she had to drop out because she couldn't do it. And then Stuart was officially cast as Valentine. So they wanted her for that role. They thought she'd be really good for it. And I, I think it's true. I think she was very good for it. I think it was... Like I said, almost a tailor-made role where she could do the subtleties that she needed to in this performance. And I think her being so opposite to how Juliet um, did her performance, which was what was needed, worked so well. Um, Chloe Grace Moretz was a shock in the film. I wasn't expecting her to show up. No, she was good, though. I like her. She was. I mean, I like her in general as, as an actor. I think she does some yeah. really bits, but I was, I was shocked when she came in. Um, very, very good. Um, yeah, 
I liked I liked the little there was a little snippet where they've they've done a film within a film. I liked that. Yes, I thought that was good. I re- <laughs> there's a lot of bits in here that I think were clever, and I think it's one of those films that I would probably rewatch again at some point. Not right now, obviously. I'd give it a while, but re- see the little bits that are in there because mm. um, they do some little little nods and awareness. It's a very self-aware piece. I think. And, yeah, very self-aware. And I think that's good. I mean, in a meta, there's a bit which is like, in a meta twist, Juliet's uh, character, Maria Enders, is obviously returning to revival of the play written by her mentor, um, which she made famous decades earlier. In real life, the director of this film, um, Olivier Assayas, who co-wrote the script of Rendezvous in 1985, which helped make, make Binoche a star. So she came back... <laughs> to a director she'd not worked with in 30-odd years who had made her famous initially. And she was then... It's it's quite interesting. I think there's little bits in there. Mm. It's it's, it's for those knobs like me that like that. Uh, And also, Kristen Stewart had three uh, tattoos on her. I don't know if you noticed. So there was an eye, three fish, and a smile at the foot of the ladder, which all referred to different works that she liked. Um, And it was... And it was Kristen Stewart's idea to give her those many tattoos as an indication of the inner life. And she actually ended up getting um, the Guernica one. So the eye afterwards, it's her first tattoo she ever got, was from that film. So you got the eye that Valentina had in the film. That's cool. Yeah, so she obviously really enjoyed, obviously appreciated what she could do with it. So what rating would you give this film, just out of interest? Because obviously you say it's the best one you've done. (laughs) Um, I... I... (sighs) Oh, and this is hard. It's a hard one, a, isn't it? It's it's a good, really it, it, it. Is, it is a good film. But I'm not going to watch it again. It did nothing for me. Okay. I, I didn't... She was a good <laughs> actress, but I didn't like the lead as a person. I don't think I'm you honest. meant to, are you? That's, that's it. No, I know, but I, but I feel like you're meant to feel some sort of sympathy. I don't know. I'd give this a three and a half, maybe. Yeah, I think that's a fair rating. I'd, I'd give it. I think three and a half. I don't know. I think of what we can do. Three and a half plays out of five, <laughs> um, or three and a half affairs, because that feels right for this film and Kristen Stewart's regular life. So it's, yeah, cool. but it is. It's, it's it's an interesting piece. I think it's one of those ones I meant to give a go. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say, oh, you have to watch this film, but like if they had, I'd uh, say, I'd say if you if you doubt Christian Stewart's acting ability or and and want to watch a Christian Stewart film, watch this one. I think the film that you should recommend is actually the next film she did, which I didn't put in here in case I get to do it with someone else, um, which is still Alice. Um, ah, now, yeah, that is a good film. But that is a great, that's a good we, film. That we'd probably do that if we were doing um, Dear Old Julianne Moore. Yeah, that's that's why I've not chosen it yeah. for in case we get Julianne Moore. I would do still Alice. Um, so that was 2014. 2015, um, she released three films. So we had American mm-hmm. Ultra again with Jesse Eisenberg. Um, that was good. Anesthesia, which I've not seen, um, and then we had the film Equals, which is our final film we we're discussing. Oh yes. So <laughs> I'm going to try and do Equals in a minute, which I think is fairly easy. It is the easiest thing. Right, go on. You, you, you've had Twilight, remember? So it's not the easiest, but I'll go. 
so I, I'd say this is easy. I, I reckon you could do this in like three sentences, if that. <sighs> okay. No, I'll go there. Anyway. Um, set in the future, emotion is seen as a disease. She has the disease with Nicholas Holt. Fall in love. Bad things happen. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's fine, but, but that's essentially what it is. Yeah, um, emotion, emotions are outlawed. They have emotions. <laughs> strange, isn't it? Emotions, that's literally the plot. It is, and it's... But, with Guy Pearce. What? With Guy Pearce, who <laughs> shows up and does a really good job. This, I think, is another... I can't remember if this is A24, actually. Uh, but he shows up on those things. He's, he's, mind you, Nicholas... Guy Pearce is sort of there. He's all right, but he's, he's just Guy Pearce. Do much just because of the nature of the role. Um, she's... It's weird that you would choose... The way I'm going to put this, it's weird that you would choose Kristen Stewart to play the only person with emotions in a film full of no emotions. Why you would choose... That was that was my exact thinking. However, like, what do you think the best thing about this film was? Um, I really liked the colour palette. <laughs> yeah, fair. I uh, I was gonna say the either the colour palette or Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt. I think it was very well shot. I think it was quite. I think well- it was brilliant, but the the yeah, as you say, shot the the colour palette and the costume choices. Yeah, are very good. It's cinematography in this, though. I think that's what production yeah. behind it. Is what did you, is the good did you notice that there are no um, wide shots until he's taken the new job? Yeah, because he can now see. Because now you know exactly which one he is because his uniform changes. Yeah, it's really it's it's. I like I like the thought to it. Also, at that there's a point. You, I think they get wider shots earlier, don't they? It's when he starts. Easy. In wide, you notice there's wider shots as he can start seeing more. He has more peripherals because. Experiencing more, and then the final shots where they're talking at the very end were back to close cam. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's almost like they've closed it all off. I, I, I think this is essentially a Black Mirror episode. That was my exact thinking the entire <laughs> way through. I was like, this could have been done by Charlie Brooker in less than an hour. <laughs> yeah, it didn't that, need it that film. The... No, didn't need to be as long as it was. But what was interesting, the person who wrote it. Um, envisioned when he wrote it that Nicholas Holt and Kristen Stewart were so that was the director that's what he envisioned he said he would only have them together but if one of them couldn't do it he wouldn't do either he wouldn't he wouldn't take either of them because they had to work together it's really weird that this is what he envisioned I mean Nicholas Holt I get I, I think but and Kristen Stewart again but it's not so far in the future that people have become almost without form because I, I mm. in my head for this sort of film, although they've got rid of um, cancer and the cold and that sort of thing, I like to imagine it's got to be far enough in the future that there is no difference between the people. And the only yeah, difference is, is that whilst you still seem to get variances in, in the people, even though they weren't meant to give emotion as well. That would have been good, actually, doing an entire movie where like all the females look like Kristen Stewart and all the males are Nicholas Holt. I mean, even if you had someone who looked androgynous enough to play both, you have one person play essentially the whole thing. That's, and then there's the falling, because like, it's the personality that they sort of 
notice more than looks because the yeah. looks doesn't matter. It's all exactly the same. It's yeah. just, there's bits in there that I just feel like you could have done a little bit more. They could have changed it. It it just felt a bit flat to me. I, I didn't think it was as um, it wasn't as clever as the film thought it was. Yeah, no, there I was enough the unnecessary information. It was a Romeo and Juliet plot twist at the end. Yeah, it was. It, it, it literally was Romeo and Juliet. He thinks, he thinks I, lit- I literally said to Emma, as so this is, <laughs> of all of it, these films, as if this is the only one I watched with Emma. Hmm. It And she, I literally, I just said to her, I was like, he's going to think she's dead. He's going to go. He's not going to listen to his, like what he's been told. And he's going to go and he's going to find out that she's dead. I'm and gonna... he's going to go top himself. So I didn't call that bit. And she, Emma, was like, no, he's going to go get the injection. I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the best bit in him, like acting-wise, is probably where he is stood on top of the bridge about to kill himself, mirroring the very beginning of the film. Uh, just jump on the concrete. That, that, I mean, that, that dialogue is. There's some really good, unemotive dialogue in there. So, oh, his head was not stronger than that concrete. <laughs> Where he's yeah. done that, I thought, oh, that's that's good. I like that. Um, I don't understand why he got bruises though for this, because the idea is just that they've all been medicated or something. I, I was trying to work out, work it out, because this SOS that they had is the idea that they can't control their emotions anymore, but. Have the others all been sedated? Or no, I think the the point because it's all IVF and stuff. I think they they like inject the inhibitors. Yeah. From early so they on. have essentially been sedated. They've they've had that mm. repressed. Probably yeah. the word being like. Yeah, the whole point is that you switched on syndrome is the normal thing. I couldn't remember. I was trying to explain what happened in it to Garris, and all I can remember was SOS, and I couldn't remember what it was for. Um, yeah. But stylized the small S at the beginning, switched, but switched on sounds good. Yeah, even- and that was exactly that was exactly my thing. I was like, surely if you didn't want people to want this, you call it. I mean, keep SOS, but call it switched off syndrome, maybe. <laughs> but then they tried to treat it almost like an AIDS um, allegory. Then they tried. To- there was no moral outcome to this, which is the thing, wasn't it? There was no. Also, nothing- do you think he's got emotions at the end? No. No. Mm. I think it's very much like you said, I'm going to keep fighting to be there, but... But... Well, like you said, where he said, I I made I made a plan or whatever, or we made a plan. Because uh, I... I think, I, I think he does. Because... Do well, yeah, because there's enough mention earlier on about how SOS is contagious. And I think there's nothing to say you couldn't catch it again oh no i think he could very much catch it again but i feel like that's part of why he's but then i suppose that's it's not but they're not being it's, but he holds her hand doesn't he but that's the thing they're not they're not they're not illogical or they're not overly logical that they don't rule by emotions so they've he's agreed to something in principle already so he has to, i don't know it, mm. it i think we're giving it too much credit here with this thought <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think that's the problem. But I, as I said, I think it was really nicely shot. Um, it's not surprising that it was shot in Tokyo and Singapore. It feels very like that clean, white, crisp cut sort of place. Um, mm. 
Yeah, but literally that's it. There's, I've looked at like trivia for this film. There's not a huge amount in it. Like just literally the two of them went out skateboarding at four a.m. So they get close friends. That's about all the trivia you get. It's just not much, as much yeah. to it. So, what rating would you give this film? Two. Two. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and the the redeeming features are literally Nicholas Holt's acting ability and, and the cinematography. The sound in it, actually, I quite like the the music in this. It was more like crunchy techno, techno sounds. So it wasn't like techno music, but electronic yeah. sort of sounds. You know, I, I I think that was nice. But as I said, Charlie Brooker could have knocked this out in an hour and it being oh, just as good. That was sorry. To... That was no. Just you saying that has just has just made me remember. That was something that I was going to say about the Runaways. Um, yeah, appalling sound mixing. Yeah, it was like for a film the, that's about music. The, the loud bits were so loud, and the quiet bits were silent. It's, yeah, it, I there was I no there was no levels. It's ironic because I know I know our podcast, podcast does it. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, I agree. I... Yeah, it's, it's... Oh, well. But would you say this is... You say this is the same as The Runaways. I would say the same. Yeah. I'd say they're both two, actually, in my mind. And one and a half of Twilight. So, yeah. in tw- so shortly after this, she uh, did French in 2016, then went back to uh, Cargyle, then started dating... Um, do you, you know St. Vincent? Annie Clark? Mm-hmm. She dated her briefly... Then she was in a relationship with a New Zealand Maxwell until they broke in 2008. Um, in February 2007, on SNL, Stuart said that she was so gay. And then afterwards with the Guardian, she clarified that she was bisexual, saying, you're not confused if you're bisexual. It's not confusing at all for me. Um, for me, it's quite the opposite. Similarly, in an interview mm-hmm. with someone else, she also said, I want to try everything. She identifies as a feminist as well. So it's all about, again, she quality. identifies as a feminist. I mean, I don't know why. You, have you to not just say you, you um, are a feminist? <laughs> I know. I, I just thought it was in there. I thought, I'll read that. Um, <laughs> she's, since then, she's been in Certain Women and Cafe Society, Personal Shopper, and Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk in 2016. Yeah. But I don't know much about them. No. She was in Lizzie with... It's about Lizzie Borden. I can't remember the name of the person who was the lead in that. Was it Chloe Sabigny? Not, not the Lizzie McGuire. No, no. I mean, actually, that series is on hold right now. We won't talk about that because <laughs> they have to rewrite the script after the second episode. They didn't like where it was going. So, yeah, she was in Lizzie about Lizzie Borden with Chloe Sabigny as the lead. Um, and 2018, she was also in a film I actually watched today for some reason. I just thought, ah, I'll put this on. And it was she was pretty good in it, actually. I quite enjoyed her performance. It's about someone pretending to be an author for a book because someone's written under a pseudonym and so she needs this girl to play the part and it's their conference, essentially two women being this one writer. And all. It's, it's an interesting idea. That's cool. Okay. It, was, it was better than I thought it would be. Um, better than most of the films we've seen. So, hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so, and then Stuart started dating Sarah Dinkin in 2008 and she resumed dating Maxwell again in 2009. And since 2009, she's now dated a screenwriter called Dylan Mayer. So she's dating someone else. I don't know why they thought so much about who she was 
So, 2009 to 2020, 2009, 2019. So, the first one that came out in 2019 only just came out in the UK, called Seaburg. Mm -hmm. um, then we also have Charlie's Angels, which came out in late 2019. Have you seen... I haven't seen the new one. Well, it's, it's, it's a tough watch. <laughs> it's a rough watch, I would say. Um, it's even got um, what's his name? Uh, Patrick. Oh, what's his name? Um, plays Picard. Patrick Stewart. Yeah, I can't remember his name. He's in it. He plays um... literally the surname. The... <laughs> no, <laughs> the <first I> couldn't... <laughs> yeah, her grandfather um, was in this. <laughs> I just literally couldn't think of uh, his name. Um, Is he Charlie? Yeah. No, he plays um, Bosley. Oh, he's one of. There's plenty of them because um, it's also played. By Elizabeth Banks also plays one and a load of other people. So she's a different Bosley for each city, is the idea. And then all the Charlie's Angels are now working together across. It's okay. It's it's not good. Okay. Um, and there was also Rue's Angels, which came out, which was a short film, which I think Rue Paul was the lead um, as one of the, the angels, and she played the same angel. And then 2020, we have the film, which I wanted to but hasn't come out in the UK yet. Right. Oh no. Uh, so yeah, twenty nineteen. We're going to obviously Seaburg is. We'll be putting something out in the future. Um, yeah. So yeah, she's got a few things coming. T holiday romance film coming up. Um, she's got her first feature film, which she's soon, which is going to be an adaptation of writer Lydia Yuknatovich's memoirs of the chronological the chronology chronology. God damn it! The chronology of war. <laughs> which she's also writing. Um, mm. She's got a Netflix series coming out soon. Um, and she's also looking to be in Ben Foster's um, untitled directorial debut, which is an adaptation of William S. Burroughs' early works and letters. So she's got a few things coming up. But yeah, that's, that's, that's her. That's Kristen Stewart. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm not going to... I'm... You know what, Josh? I think this is the first in our what, however many months of doing this yeah. podcast. This is the first one that I've gone. Like, I wish you'd done something else. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, I wouldn't say I actually enjoyed any of the films. <laughs> no, and um, I've already seen this uh, film, which you're writing a review on. Um, and she's very good in it, actually. I think she's very good in it. But again, it's a bit of a ah, film. It's, a, mm. it's another. It's a bit of an ah, film. As you said, her, her face the thing sort is, of describes. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I did say that. Yeah, all her films are like her face, and and. But it's not like I feel like we're the wrong target audience. I don't know what our target audience would be. I don't know no. why these films aren't doing anything for me. Because but then, I don't think she has a set a set film either. Now she's doing no, but 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 how is it that they're all? <laughs> I don't like all... any of them. <laughs> I know. Oh well. Oh well. A lesson <laughs> a lack. There we go. So um, obviously we're gonna have the guests here at the end of the episode, but I yeah. suppose that brings another another show. So um, thank you for listening. Um, hopefully this format works for you. Do let us know what you think of it. Is it an improvement? Is it a negative? What do you think of it? Do you, do you think we should be putting that as, or as a podcast or whatever? Let us know. It's co contact us on our Facebook, Twitter,
Twitter or Instagram at ONB pod. We're going to try and be more active on all three of them. Um, you can catch Josh Jones on his own socials, which yeah, are Joshua JX three. And that's on Twitter. And you can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at who underscore tin. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening to this. But before we move on, um, we'll be doing the guess who for our one in two weeks times. Oh. So, um, we're going to leave some sugar crumb morsels for you. Mm, as yeah. they've come to know. Um, and sometimes we don't even do these. Pu- <laughs> we're bad boys. So <laughs> is there anything you put in there, Josh? Yeah, no, I'm, I, uh, I hope, um, you know, I hope I'm of sound mind and don't have like a concussion or something for next time that we're filming this. <laughs> nice. Okay. I, I, yeah, I've got to simple. got to focus. You do focus focus on completing these podcasts and mm. that pursuit of happiness. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs> oh, it's, it's really hard. It's really hard. I find it find myself in a bit of a hitch right now. Oh, I, I, that, I, I, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's... it's I, I can't do it. They, they are difficult, actually, You're not too person. bright, are you, Josh? <laughs> that's, that's awful. But <laughs> I, oh, this, is, this is the worst I've ever done with these. But it might be, because I don't have a list of the films up. I'm just trying to remember them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think there's enough... Enough there, would you say? Yeah, enough, I think so. Uh, enough for you all to get jiggy with. Yeah, enough, so enough we'll... for you, like you to be all detectivey and feels like spies in disguise. <laughs> I hate everything about this. I think that's what we're going to end the episode. Um, as always, um, we've been no, I've been Josh. I've been Josh, <laughs> and we've been Josh. I'm never going to get that bastard thing right ever again. Thank you and good night. <laughs> oh.